0: First things first, repeal, repeal. Congratulations, <laughs> Ireland. Sixty-six percent, two thirds. That is definitive. Definitive.
1: That is definitive.
0: Unlike fifty-two oh, percent that yeah. got us into the quagmire of shite that we like to call Brexit. Brexit. This is Cistrionic's. Cistrionics.
1: Major cakes. I know it's been a really long time. Mm. I bought I am quite disappointed. I know this is uh, I, know, I think it's I the third episode. I know, I know. No baked good. I bought us some biscuits. Well, they're technically not biscuits because they are the German version of Jaffa Cakes.
0: The German version called of Jaffa Cakes. Soft cake. Okay.
1: And I was that's I was very kind descriptive. of intrigued and I didn't want to buy a box and like buy or like eat all of them. These are cherry
0: with white chocolate. What? What the hell? What? I haven't even tried. It's like the recipe got lost in the mail. <laughs> All right, let's try this. Oh, I don't like the smell. I like mm. the taste. Mm. mm. No, it kind of tastes like, mm. one of those like chocolates that has liqueur. Mm. 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 It's A bit clotted. liqueur-y. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. Yeah, very nice. Right. Mm. Fan of right, I'll the... buy that. Yeah? But I think Jaffa somehow refers to the orange. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I've always wanted to make like a giant Jaffa cake.
0: So I guess that's why they called it soft
1: cake. Soft cake, rather than specifically. Then you then you're pricing yourself out the market. Not pricing yourself. You know, branding yourself out the market. Yeah,
0: you are. And you're also like, there's no scope for um, there's no scope for inventing. Exactly. There's yeah. no scope for
1: divergence. I did see that there was strawberry and lime.
0: Oh, no one's gonna buy
1: what? that.
0: So what are the products that are really, like, you know, British... What do we miss most when we're over here? Um, I I admit that I do... I, I miss... I've always lived by the
1: coast, so I miss fish. Really? I miss, I miss really good fish, so I, I like... And I miss... But you can I'm,
0: get fish here. Mm, yeah, not that you want to eat. Berlin, not that you want to eat. But we're in the middle of, like, we're in the middle of the country. But what... what what are the products um, products and I, I, I miss fish and chips I know that's not a product well it's a product we do make it awfully well over there differently to
1: how it's done over here it's, so it's yeah, not it's well. not right uh, over here sorry but it's not um
0: marmite is a big one for me
1: you love Marmite I, I do I, I like marmite I'm not a
0: hater of Marmite Branston pickle oh I love Branston pickle yeah there you go on a pickle with with cheddar cheese mm. the crumbly concha mm. from cornwall. Mm delicious.
1: I don't know what else. Oh, custard.
0: Custard. Custard is a big one actually. Yeah, Miss Custard. But there is every possibility that something like marmite might actually become more expensive uh. after Brexit. Yes, yeah, so why are we talking about British products because we're talking about Britain's exit from the EU. Today is a conversation about Brexit. Yeah, it's not it's not fun. Um and
1: Listen, what, yeah, it could have what,
0: what do we think of Brexit in general? What do you think of Brexit, Pip? Um, What's it's, your opinion? It's quite, um, it's quite a kick in the tits, isn't it, really? Don't like it. Why don't you like it? We're going to get back, you know, sovereignty. We're going to, you know, take back control. Take back control. And what are the other things they want? Um, you know, the sky's going to be bluer and the yeah. oh, greener. Only no, the bluer passport. Greener. Yeah. The bluer the passport. Bluer the passport. Bluer passport. And um, phones are going to have more signal. And, yeah. What is it? Like, people are going to be more white and... Yeah, that's it. That's
1: the main one, isn't it, really? Isn't it? Isn't it? Because it has been proved that um, racism is on the rise and the rise of the far right has risen exponentially as a result of Brexit. We know this. Um, It's just bullshit, isn't it? It's just... It's really hard to... I don't know if I I can even talk about it in a way that's in any way useful or helpful because it's just... It's just very emotive, isn't it? Mm. Like, I find it really emotive because... Um, I just see it as catastrophic and I see it as so unjust and criminally careless of our ruling class, which is basically what they are when you have a Tory government in power. Um, criminally careless that 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 a constitutional change on such a massive scale would come down to a yes no vote put in put to an ill informed public. Um I think it's really bizarre that like our role in the EU has been framed as like we were victims. <laughs> I think it's really weird that for the last thirty years you had this this spin of this victim narrative that like oh you know when actually we were like treated like fucking royalty in mm. the e- in the EU. And I think yeah. that comes down to really poor education, yeah, and the fact that the fact that you know we've always been always been on the edge, you know, always you know our own, and it's like just and again. It's so hard to talk about these things because you're talking about really broad stuff. And we talk about things in broad ways because we try and talk about the experiences
0: of millions of people, but Mm. we're all complex little people. What frustrates me the most is the demographics are definitely not on Brexit side. Alright, mm. So the demographics are that a majority of the Brexit vote was voted for by people over the age of 65, 60 to 65. So people over the age of 60 to 65 pre- predominantly voted for Brexit. People under the age of 40 predominantly voted for Remain. And in fact, the category 18 to 25 year olds, 75% remain so this is a this is being carried out against the will of the young people in our society which basically most likely means that in 10 years once those you know duffers have died we'll probably be going back into the eu but i'll be telling you We'll be going back into the EU with less rights or less power than we had before. We're not going to get all that special treatment that Britain had before. We're not going to get the rebate anymore. We're not going to be able to, you know, not be part of the euro anymore. We're not going to have all those like extra special things that we used to have. We're going to come in as a diminished power so rather than giving us back control, they've taken away so much of our standing in an organisation that is absolutely essential for our economic success. It makes no sense to me and never has. I've never heard a good reason for it. You know, the, the other day I was watching Question Time and you know Richard from Richard and Judy, if you're British, you will get that reference. <laughs> yeah, <you laughs> Richard will. from Richard and Judy. He was on Question Time, and he was saying this classic, you know, that people have spoken, people have voted, and we just got to get behind it. And he said, it, and people were I don't really see clapping, why they keep saying that. but they were clap, clap, clapping along. No. And then he suddenly said, he said, even if as the statistics have shown, even if as the studies have shown, it's going to make us poorer, it's going to not be economically um, good for our country. Tough luck. The people have spoken, and we've got to go through with it. I voted Remain, and I'm saying this, and I'm thinking listen to yourself listen to yourself we are committing economic suicide and you're asking us to just go along with it i i wonder and i i frame a lot of this in
1: um in the framework of how i quite broadly think about national identity which of course is a very broad thing to talk about is this just catastrophically british behavior (laughs) like of a certain generation you know do you know do you know when you like you walk, like at home, I wouldn't do this here in Germany because, but I do think if I was at home in Britain and you walk the wrong way down the road, you might pretend to get a phone call <laughs> so that you can turn around. Like just, and I remember not that particularly I'm a fan of John Cleese, cause I'm pretty sure John Cleese is a fucking lever as well. Oh yeah, he's a Brexiter. But he, I remember seeing an interview with him years ago and he was, no, no, it wasn't an interview. It's A Fish Called Rhonda. Have you seen that movie? From it's such a funny film from the eighties, and he's he's talking to um, fabulous. What's her name? Al. Jamie Lee Curtis, Jamie Lee Curtis, and she's American in it, uh, but they're in London, and he's like, you don't understand what it's like, just the constant fear of being embarrassed. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, thinking that you're going to ask somebody how their wife is, and they're going to tell you she's dead. <laughs> like, just this, like, just ridiculousness that comes with being British and like, well, we've said we're going to do it, so we'll, we got by gum, we'll do it, and the... The sheer force of will will sometime will somehow kind of make this pay off, and it won't. And I think it's just a massive crisis in identity. Mm. What have we been? And I, we, you, and I, I, or I, stem this back. And again, this is all really broad, but I stem this back. I see you going for the soft cakes. Oh my
0: god! Dig in. I'm so sorry. Dig in. I'm just going to take. Dig the, in. Gonna,
1: I'm rap, gonna. Do, I'm gonna do another I'm one. Gonna take the
0: wrapping. Oh, so do, it's not yeah, annoying. Not, not so, so loud.
1: Start your point again. Sorry. What was my point? I just I wonder you and I work in an industry where we talk about history we talk about quite defined history we talk about the second world war by gum the second world war Mm -hmm. what a good war to come down on the right side of Mm -hmm. which we did um great stuff happens incredible things happen some of the history is is you know pride inducing if you've ever been to somewhere like Bletchley Park for example where they did the code breaking but it wasn't just British people it was Polish people it was American people it was people from all over and it was getting the best out of people and it's a complete inversion of Nazism which is put everyone against each other and make sure that everyone's just working for that one arsehole at the top Mm. that's what Nazism is and that's the complete inversion of what was happening on the other side there Mm. and that stuff is so wonderful and so brilliant but it's so frustrating and i had a lady that i was talking to the other day and she was talking about her parents being a slightly older generation than the baby boomers people who were involved in the war and Mm -hmm. she was like we didn't vote leave. Yeah, of course they didn't. Because we see it as so fucking important. But that older generation, because they lived closest to the fucking war, think that they just, they can just scam on it. They can just ride this wave. What have we done recently? What have we done? Why are we respected globally? Mm. What, why is it? And it's because, in many instances, it's because of like research and science,
0: which is so intricately collected to other countries in the world, and mainly the EU as well. Yeah, absolutely. Collaboration has been something that we have luckily managed to um, foster and been at the, at the forefront of um, over the past like 40 years with the EU. And, and I say luckily because there's no real necessary reason why we should have got into that position. In the 1970s, we were the sick man of Europe. All right, but we managed to actually utilise our position in the European Union to such a massive extent that has meant that we have weathered the storm of losing the British Empire, which was a catastrophic loss in terms of profit and in terms of money being generated for the British people, going straight into British coffers, being basically stolen from around the world and given over to Britain, um, you know, losing that meant that we had to totally change who we were as a country. And I think that though we changed economically, and though we changed in terms of our political situation, uh, we didn't change our attitudes. And a lot of British people, especially from that baby boomer generation, still think of Britain as being ruler of the waves, rather than what it is, which is essentially a country that needs to collaborate in order to do well. And do you think it's kind of like it's kind of a um,
1: uh, a macrocosm also of like Thatcherism as well, like no community, no society, mm, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's like I I have no guys, sense of solidarity, no sense of solidarity, and I found that with 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 um, Brexiters that I've spoken to, I had one really satisfying moment with a uh, a gammon. Mm-hmm. Are we going to use that term? It's insulting, actually. It is insulting
0: the gammon. Um, so, but we're left wing extremists, by so, the way. Oh yeah, we are. So, so they're allowed uh, to, to insult are. us, but it can't go the other way no. around their hypocrisy knows no limits no so like an older generation
1: uh, white male and who gets uh, red in the face who, get, like, that, who gets a little bit red in the face yeah so um but yeah this guy was like assuring me that it would happen and that it was a great thing and then he went on to say that he had a house in portugal and i can get an irish passport if i want <sighs> and it was like good for you pal I can't I'm from fucking Merseyside and I can't get an Irish passport like my hope is that Scotland soars itself off that is the only if that if brexit happens that is my dream Scotland will soar itself off from England and I can hopefully apply for a Scottish passport mm-hmm. this is ridiculous this is but like that's that's what I fucking hope for yeah and it's like it just for you know just I can get an Irish passport well, not everyone can. Yeah. Not everyone has is, is property rich like you are. Not everyone has these things. But I had this really satisfying moment. And I realised, because I said to him, well, you know, I tried to be really calm about it, even though I was seething inside. I was like, I hope that in the future we'll go back. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me like I'd pissed all over him. Mm. And... It was so satisfying because yeah. he'd never thought of that. And it's like, mate, you are going to die. Mm-hmm. We're all going to die. With any luck, you will die before me. That's, that's the law, that's the way it should be. You're a lot older than me you are going to die before me. And what the fuck are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to have a seance every time there's a big decision and go back to 2016 and ask the old white dudes of 2016, what shall we do, old white dudes? Pinning everything to one decision at one point of time.
0: It's so absurd. It's not democracy. We choose governments every four, five years, yeah. all right? And when we choose wrongly, like, for instance, I think in 2015 and 2017, all right, we get an opportunity to change that. And it's dependent on that changing demographic. It's that cha- it's dependent on that changing society as to what decisions we make. This whole idea that we have to be quiet, we have to shut up, we have to accept this decision, that was totally against the youth, of this country, is shut up and deal with it, is so undemocratic and it's suppressing, it's oppressing, uh, uh, you know, a huge majority of young people to basically just shut up and listen to the diktat of the old. And I think it's an absolutely terrible state of affairs that I hear this so much amongst our generation that we are essentially just waiting for them to die. You know, they that we we think you don't have anything valuable to contribute anymore. You've given us two Tory governments in a row. You've given us Brexit. You've taken basically all the assets inside of the country. 66% of assets belong to those over the age of 65. You know, you've taken assets. You've taken housing. You've taken away um, a free higher education system. You've taken away. You're destroying the health system with your voting record as well. And you know. Just die. Just go away. Just stop voting these terrible things in, and let the young people actually have some governance over their lives. And I think that that's an absolutely terrible state of affairs yeah, because it we is. should respect I don't our want, elders. Exactly. And I don't. And I feel like I feel like I don't want to feel that way. And like I hate feeling yeah, that way. Yeah, I
1: do as well. And I, I do as well. But I, I I think it's really interesting to to also to tie it in with the attitude of the US that you're seeing, and obviously Brexit and the, and the rise of Trump. But they're very similar. Things well, they're, they're happening in different arenas, but they're very similar pushback. They're are a very similar pushback to similar changes that have happened over over a long period of time. Um, and this this generation that grew up after the war, um, and I think it's just a, it's why I love I love Death of the American Dream stuff. I love Mad Men. I love like the '60s stuff. American social history where they just solidify this entire, like, we're, we're it, we are, we are it, you know, this is what you want to be, you know, you've got your, your fridge and your car and your house and your perfect wife. And the American dream is for one person and one type of person. And it's again, a white male and, you know, you can do anything you want essentially. And those, it's the pushback that they've been experiencing over the last, 25, 30 years that has made them so
0: uncomfortable. And you can see that on, on both sides. There's this wonderful um, sort of phrase that I think encapsulating it, encapsulate this this, this 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 entire process most. When you are privileged, equality feels like oppression. And that's essentially what's been happening. And I think that is the, the cry Um, of brexit is essentially people have been pushing for more and more inclusion people have been pushing for more and more diversity people have been pushing for more um essentially to, to to make that demographic give up power and give up wealth so that other people also get a chance as well and when you've been in those positions of wealth power and privilege equality will feel like you are being oppressed and this cry against it is, that's what makes it so unfair mm. in so many ways because there is no legitimate reasons for them to feel the way that they do. Mm. But then are we, are the other, are we being, being patronising in the
1: fact that a lot of people who really haven't had very much Voted Brexit.
0: Yeah, but I think it's also really worth bearing in mind that when you do the studies, when you look at who voted for Brexit, all right, people always blame the poor because they blame the poor for everything, you know, but actually the vast majority of people who voted for Brexit were over a certain age and asset wealth, mm-hmm. asset wealthy, all right. So, you know, they say, oh, the housing crisis is a reason for Brexit. No, not at all. no it's not. Yeah. When 66% of housing wealth is owned by the over 65s and they're the ones who predominantly voted for Brexit, it's not a housing crisis that's doing this, right when you have a a segment of the population that is essentially the most well-off segment of the population, and they're the ones whose incomes are growing at the fastest rate it's not because wage growth has slowed down, because wage growth is predominantly affecting the young, and the young voted remain so it it doesn't make sense and it's always but it's always the classic you know go to blame the poor because what do they know they're stupid the people who voted for Brexit knew what they were doing in a lot of cases right I think the whole poor disenfranchised people who have been suffering since the economic crisis I think that might have pushed it over the edge Mm -hmm in terms of the the numbers, Mm -hmm. but they didn't make up the vast swathes of that 17 million. Mm -hmm. That vast wave of 17 million was asset rich, wealthy people who felt that they had an ax to grind against a phantom menace, which was the EU, which they had been dictated to for the past 40 years, was the reason for all of their perils. Um, But why do we, like, we talk about Brexit in this way, and it is incredibly disappointing, and I will never hear a decent reason for us creating this schism mm-hmm. with our largest trading yeah. block and also like our closest neighbours. I'll never hear a good reason for it and I've given up wanting to hear a good reason for it. As far as I'm concerned, it's damage limitation and most likely campaigning for a vote once that Brexit demographic has just gone and done what nature intended, which is to you know get six feet under. Um, but the reason that we're talking about it today is not necessarily to just spew our attitudes, it's to talk about our position. In the EU and as British people living in a European country how is that going to change after March 31st 2019 I yeah well we don't know do we
1: (laughs) don't know and that's the thing is that a lot of people ask and I'm like "Um, I don't know and I don't think it's, I don't, I try not to be, you know, you try and think, oh God, you've not got it that bad. You know, I've got a roof over my head. I've got a job, you know, like I shouldn't really complain. But I'm like, I don't know. And it's not too, It's. this has been a worry. I mean, it's worrying. Mm. I mean, it also, it shifted the way I saw my future as well. Like, again, I don't know if I'll have children. It's. It's not something that I think about for me in the next five six seven years actually but it did make me really i thought that was a quite an interesting thing to think about you know the fact that it made me feel like well i'm not having children in my own in my country And that I found devastating. I found that heartbreaking. My mum lived in the Middle East just before my brother was born. And she used to say, God, I loved it there. I was never depressed there. She suffers with anxiety and depression. She's like, I didn't get it there because of the weather. And I was like, mum, why didn't you stay there? Why didn't you stay there and have us there? And she said, because I wanted to be with my mother. And she said, I wanted to be with my mum. And I wanted to be home to have my children. And that is this, (laughs) i said
0: this before
1: sea turtles
0: (laughs) yeah you used to say that to me a lot when i was pregnant
1: sea turtles swim hundreds of kilometers to go home to have their babies places they don't remember but they know that that's home and i'm not someone who's particularly nationalistic or patriotic but i think what you've done is incredibly brave the thought of having to give birth And do that in another language is just with people who do not have the same kind of mental attitudes you know they do you know when it comes to the most important things obviously they do but there's little nuances that you have and I imagine that they are exacerbated Mm. by being in a very stressful situation and then being in a situation where you feel like you need to be nurtured and you need to be loved and what is home other than that Mm. and it just I just found it devastating the thought that if I have babies you know obviously you want the best things in the world for them and I thought as if Britain can provide that Would you would you take him and raise him in Britain as as opposed
0: to here? I know he has a better chance. Of course he does, here. For sure. Of course. (laughs) and he's also got european citizenship guaranteed you know because germany is never going to be stupid enough to leave the eu even though they're the largest contributor to the eu if anyone's got an axe to grind at paying too much money into the eu it's the germans but they also know that the euro has created a huge opportunity for them to export their goods Mm. for nothing so that's the reason that they have such massive trade surpluses is because of the euro essentially so you know Germany is never going to be stupid, as stupid as England or as stupid as. And I would say England actually. I'm going to call you out, England, because yeah. it wasn't oh, Scotland absolutely. that voted Brexit. Absolutely, it wasn't Northern Ireland that voted Brexit. Scotland, so, yeah, Wales, yeah. What on earth were you thinking? Don't but expect much it more was bloody <laughs> English German. people. And it was English attitudes, yeah. and it was English, you know. And there's a lack again. There's a lack who who of. I think it's it's again
1: maybe maybe crisis in in identity and crisis in who are we. Like, do we rule the waves? Do we rule anyone? No, not anymore. <laughs> are we inclusive? Are we just white? And the thing is, we are we a massively diverse country. The things that, like, and I admit, listen, is this, oh, don't want to bring royal wedding into it, but might do. Mm-hmm. For all that, what the royal wedding is, and as problematic as the royal wedding is, there are moments in time that kind of punctuate history. And whether you can see this as being very cynical but i think danny boyle's um olympic opening mm-hmm. ceremony was one of them yeah and you you know do you, you know that oh daily mail did not like that you no. had black and brown people celebrating the nhs celebrating the nhs all these things and it was like wow and you know you'd have americans watching that celebration of the nhs like what
0: What what is this? Free healthcare that's disgusting, you
1: know. Like and and it was like wow, and it was it was a thing to be like wow, and and British fashion being what it what it is a very very kind of very specific um, thing, very very specific industry with a very specific aesthetic, and yet the NHS and you know the green and rolling hills, and I remember watching that ceremony, and it was like oh this is a bit twee, and then it opened up, and you had the industrial revolution, and it was dark and Mm. smoky and smoggy and dangerous exactly and it was like you know and 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 you and you were like wow you know and those things do help us in the formulation or in in the expression collectively of a national identity and that's why you know for good or ill i did feel like having black british people put front and center Mm -hmm. in that royal wedding and welcoming a black american woman was actually very, maybe very clever, <laughs> maybe very cynical. But in less than a year ago, you had those people fucking incinerated in that tower as a monument to Thatcher. You know, that in the Grenfell Tower, where you had predominantly black and brown people dying because of criminal um, negligence and, you know... Again, austerity, hatred, hatred of, of those poor. people. Hatred of the poor.
0: And the true working class is multicultural. Yeah, exactly. It isn't a working class white male. It's a multicultural working class. And
1: it's always being lauded as like, you know, it's it's like it's like the miners in Pittsburgh, isn't it? Like, you know, um uh, in the US, like, oh, God, got could, could, could take care of those people. And of course, yeah. yeah, you should be taking those care of those people, but they're not actually everybody. Mm. And the, the the working class, as you say, is massively diverse in Britain. And to have like black excellence put front and center was actually quite soothing, I found anyway, for good or ill. whatever the fuck you think of, of royal weddings, there are moments in time that kind of that are kind of punctuated by collective cultural things happening on a global, on a, on a, a large scale. Yeah. And a lot of people will have watched that and know the monarchy does not represent Britain. But maybe you could see Britain being represented as diverse. And that's mm. where
0: I want to come from. Yeah. I, I'm, I, that's, where, that's where I want to come from. That's where I did come from. And I'm not letting go of that Britain. Mm. I'm not having that ripped away from me because of one vote. And, you know, I, was, I used to be so proud of Britain and being raised there, especially when I came to Germany. I think without realising it, right? Yeah, well, not even that actually very conscious as, um, as a brown woman, especially mm. very conscious of what opportunities Britain gave me as a multicultural place to live. You know, the fact that no one would really question my accent. No one would really Mm -hmm. question where I came from Mm -hmm. um, in Britain. Like, it's just not something you do. Whereas I think in Germany multiculturalism is very new here Mm. and therefore is not something that's necessarily dealt with in the same way that Mm -hmm. that that they deal with it in britain and what i tend to say is i don't think that germans tend to be racist but they tend to be racially Mm. unaware or racially unaware um so they just sort of tend to make comments that you would definitely if you're in britain interpret as being like Oh, God, cringe. Mm. But actually, when you're over here, you kind of have to understand, well, they don't understand multiculturalism in the same way that we do. And that was something that I was always so proud of. So proud of and so blessed to have come from that country. Mm. And I've been given so many opportunities coming from Britain. And I love my country. And I'm not giving it up. That's the thing, isn't it?
1: That's the thing. And
0: that's what I... I remember saying to my dad, and I think he was a bit like, "Oh Jesus, what what's
1: she on now?" But I was like, "I love my country, and that's why we're upset. If I didn't love my country, I'd be, you know, sail
0: it to the wind. All right, go, 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 do whatever the fuck you want. And
1: you know, these people who claim we are, you know, will of the people, Great Britain or Great Betrayal. That was the cover. That was the front page of the Sun today." And the joke of it was, was that in the background they had the shard, which was designed by an Italian architect, Renzo Piano. And yeah, they have um, all of this stuff that was just massively multicultural. It's like emblems of Britain, and it was like you morons. And again, it's like oh, or oh, Great Britain, Great Britain, or Great betrayal. I'm fucking Great Britain. Mm. We we, we I'm are Great so, exactly oh, yeah, we all are, and you fucking telling us that we're not because we don't want to sell sell out our futures. Because you've you've got this narrative because you're in power because you print the fucking newspapers and you've got that generation under your
0: fucking thumb and convinced, you know it's just and are owned by a tax dodging billionaire who is an American citizen, Rupert Murdoch. Yeah, you know the irony of that that people are willing to listen. To a tax dodging originally Australian billionaire who got American citizenship to avoid taxes wherever he has profits, I think it's like, why would you listen to that person over your
1: own people, over
0: your own people, and over the youth of your country? Like, why would you listen to that person over the youth of your country? And I think it's yeah, it's just very misplaced and um, and it's disingenuous because it's not about Great Britain or great betrayal. It's about my Britain. Get it, get on my train, yeah. or and get on the highway. And it's
1: villages, and it's pubs, and it's very, and very it's it's white. extremely white. Listen, nothing wrong with it, but it's not representative well, if, of the vast majority no,
0: of our population. there is something wrong with Little England. Yeah, if little right. England is taking us out yeah. of our best trading relationship if little England is destroying our links to the rest of the world, if little England is saying I want the rest of the UK to be little England then there is something wrong with little England and the people who live in little England because I'm sorry to break it to you, little England we are not little England, we are the UK Mm. and the UK is not scones and buttercups and taking back control, it's in fact a diverse hodgepodge of many different cultures who have come together since the second world war and even before that and have made the uk what it is today which is no longer an empire ruler of the waves but is in fact a collaborative country that was doing incredibly well inside of the eu before they chose to rip us out of it but in terms of brits living abroad i think it's it's also really important to kind of you know not to sort of of dispel this myth that British people living abroad inside of Europe are all Spanish, you know, or all living in Spain on the Costa del Sol yeah. as pensioners. Yeah. Because actually pensioners make up less than 20% of British people living in the EU. There's some, there's some interesting stats. I do tend to come with my numbers. I was just going to
1: say, I love it when you give me stats.
0: I've got some stats for you today. Um, so at the beginning of the whole it's keeping him asleep so it is sleeping in my arms (laughs) (laughs) so sweet so um, at the beginning of the whole referendum palaver it was estimated there were 1.8 million British people living abroad that number has now been downestimated continuously by the British government, I think, in order for them to basically renege on any responsibility that they have towards us. um. So, for instance, they took out um, British people living in Ireland, which mm. is the largest demographic. That's bullshit. Why? It, it, it's total bullshit because they said that the common travel area between Northern Ireland and Ireland existed before we went into the EU and therefore we can just scrap that oh my God. from being part of the statistic and since then they've done you know various other different leaps so people who've lived over in a ser- for a certain amount of time people who have dual nationality so they took out all of these different demographics mm. and now they're left with a number of around 400,000 and 400,000 when you're talking about this as a government is a number that you can kind of get away with not giving yeah, a yeah, shit yeah, about yeah. so you know, be under no pretences. The government doesn't give a shit about you and it doesn't give a shit about me. As far as they're concerned, I think the vast majority of conservatives would term us as traitors to our country yeah. and be gone with us. Yeah. And if you want to live in the European Union, do it. Yeah. Um, so we have basically no representation on our side of the bargaining. Um, so the only you know people that we have to represent us are now European nations that we live inside. Mm. The vast majority of British people who live in the EU live in France, Germany, and Spain. And as I said, over 80% of those people are working, are of working age, and less than 20% are actually pensioners. Right. Um, and they are on the Costa del Sol. <laughs> a, a lot of them. And some of them even vote for Brexit. I've brilliant. I mean, just, you couldn't make it this yeah, couldn't make up. I yeah. just think it brilliant.
1: Yeah. Um, My in-laws did not. They're fabulous. Well,
0: well done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and that sorry, they are on the Costa del Sol. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you were right. Like when we started this episode, what do we know about British people living abroad uh, and how we will be effective uh, affected after the thirty-first of March? The answer is. Don't know Don't know Still don't know, don't know. It's been two years guys and It's, it's and been it's, two years It is
1: anxiety inducing It's, it's incredibly it's, it's, it's anxious really, yeah. It's really You know I Um. It's so I, I thought I, I had a bit of a th- Thinking about this today I had a bit of a flashback To calling my mother the, the, the morning of the result and sobbing uncontrollably, stupidly having to go to work um, and talk to a load of people and and thinking, I'll just quickly re- ring my mum, which is the stupidest thing when I'm upset because as soon as I hear a voice, I burst into tears. Mm. And I rang her and I just started sobbing and she started sobbing. And it's been two years, it's been that feeling, there's been no movement from that feeling. Mm. It's absolute grief. Mm. And like also... You know, there's a there's a case going through the
0: European Court. European Court.
1: Rights. How can you remove our citizenship? Mm-hmm. How can you take away our cit? Where you where you we were born with the rights of an EU citizen? Uh, you know what what system in the world has ever. Taken away? Well, well, in in the modern world, yes, we took we, Nazi sc- Germany, Nazi Germany. Um, you know, send in, Soviet Union. Send in Australians. Uh, sorry, I don't s- think they signed up. Sending to um, sending convicts to Australia. You know, what kind of what system strips people of citizenship?
0: What? What? How? How is that? Pro- like, well, actually, the, the UK since the. Conservative government has been in office since Theresa May actually it's oh now- because of the wind rush oh of course yeah so we do that as well well that but also the, the, they were starting to take people's citizenship away if they were like suspected of being terrorists gotcha yeah so you can do that it's I mean it's I think it's, it's brutal but it's how this government operates you know and as far as they're concerned but it's how these fucking people operate they don't give a shit they do not give a shit they are the smash and grab
1: get in smash 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 make as much money make as much headway for your mates as you possibly fucking can get out you think they give a shit about being British you listen, look at those fucking people who have now left Britain Nigel fucking Lawson Where, where's he gone getting French citizenship they're there's so the patriotism is not there they've never given a shit and they never will and if we keep voting for these people just dig our own graves there's just there's just nothing. cakes i know that you've been doing a bit of cycling i have every day for an hour around temple that's Hoff. so great isn't it because you have Templehof um abandoned airfield i do and you can go and have a good cycle around
0: there which is great you must get up some speed i do get up to some speed i have no idea how much speed but a fair amount of speed because you can go all the way down these massive runways yeah. and maybe uh, take and off it's five kilometers in yeah, total i mean like if you do a round trip it's five kilometers yeah. so yeah, it's, it's it's a decent amount of 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 I am desperate to know if you like the playlist I made you. I love it. Do you? So, listeners out there, I am going on all these bike rides every single day because I'm trying to get my fitness back to where it was pre-pregnancy. And also because I am a little bit concerned about the extra weight that I have got um, post-pregnancy. Postpartum baby weight, uh, which is not exceedingly... Uh, huge but it is um, significant for me I think. It's not huge love, you, you look great. Thanks love. It's so fantastic it's one of those players you put on and you just feel like a powerful you know person just gunning down the runway and I love putting on and, and hearing people like Janelle who I haven't for instance you know heard or listened to much before and just just having her powerfully singing in my ear makes me just want to go faster and makes me want to you know just i was thinking of you cycling that's it i was
1: because i I was like i wanted like when you're cycling like a little bit angry Mm. so i put cold war on there by janelle
0: fucking brilliant
1: if you get the chance to listen to that listeners janelle i think is one of the most important artists janelle to come out of anything in the last 10 years um what else did i put in there a lot of ladies predominantly ladies um uh one gentleman I put in was Sylvester. Mm. Um oh, fucking love Sylvester. Um and then I did put in Macho Man just for a laugh.
0: Because it's brilliant. Oh, do you know at the end I when he's like be... big broad shoulders
1: <laughs> Check my muscles?
0: love it so good so good
1: yeah and then he's like check the hair on my chest my big thick mustache <laughs> and you know that they had big thick mustaches um but yeah any any favorites any surprises uh
0: so i think probably just Chanel's really stood out for me as being the one oh, yeah? yeah you should listen to that. that whole album is such a brilliant you have inspired me to do exactly that yeah so yeah pip's gonna post it you can all uh share in the wonder of her playlist there's about four. Oh, bubba
1: there's about 40 songs on there. It's called Go As You Go, and I put it on YouTube. Uh, yeah, predominantly ladies uh, that I like. There's no Miley on there. I can't be jibbed. Uh, <laughs> um, can. Yeah, and um, I can't remember. Oh, Lizzo. Hey. Bubba. If you get the chance to listen to Lizzo, everybody, um, I would definitely recommend her as well. She's really fabulous. So body positive. I love her so much. So, everybody, there's a baby again, getting crossed, so we're going to go. Uh, he's done so well. He's such a good boy. Two <laughs> and I- Oh, two and a bit, two hours, and a bit, of a of bit hours of hours. Right well we'll go then Twitter, oh. Instagram, what? Facebook yes. At Sistrionics, at Sistrionics Podcast Rate, like, subscribe On iTunes, all of that stuff um, Five stars Five stars, five stars um, Have a great summer Have a wonderful summer have a- And this has been
0: Sistrionics, Sistrionics. Whee!